Good morning. You guys are in for a real treat today. Me and Darby are preaching. So anything could happen. Hello. We both have ADHD. I didn't take my medication this morning, so here we are. And I, I some know. people say I we talk a lot. What? No one says that. Garrett called us blathering windbags the other day. <laughs> he did say that. And um, you know what? He's a big fat turd, and he's not here to I, defend himself. Oops. But um, we know he loves us. Shoot. So. This isn't. No. I mm-hmm. have something to say. Uh, this church has been really kind to me over the years and has been family to me. So it is a, honestly an honor that we would get to do this. I know you were at, were you at Garland Church when mm-hmm. you were in yeah. uh, Focus at UTD? Mm-hmm. Um, so this is really special. And it was something that's really weird as well is the first time I ever went to Focus, Brad was leading Focus. Um, so just do a thought experiment with that and be entertained. But Brad was talking about consumers in church and today we're talking about consuming versus caretaking and friendship so i think that's really interesting full circle but yeah thank you brad for paving the way all those years ago Mm -hmm. yeah if you haven't seen us before both me and shayla are on staff man that's not bright enough good luck with these slides (laughs) it's just not bright enough but you know we try yeah this picture is funny because we had this massive like a wedding shower one summer. There were like 12 weddings. And I like this picture because me and Tate didn't really know Darby, but it looks like the three of us are best friends. Yep. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, we also want to give a shout out to Ryan Pliche. He also contributed some stuff to this sermon today. And he had, we kind of just felt like the spirit was at least the three of us kind of prodding us to talk about these things. And also, Ryan Pache is a really great friend. He's a good example to the community of, of faithfulness and steadfastness, and um, he's just a good guy. And I think all of these today, uh, I want to invite you to think about how Jesus, is, Jesus has these commands for friendship, and Jesus' commands are for anyone who wants to follow Jesus. So the invitation is to follow him and receive life, or not follow him and receive death. We do have the choice. And we don't have the choice to ignore those commands if we want the life he has to offer. And friendship is central to the way that Jesus gave life to others. So we have choice to be either formed by Jesus and receive life, or be formed by the evil one and receive death and bring death. Um, You guys can put the introduction up there. Let's pray that you can read it, but no big deal if you can't. Well, while we wait on that. Yeah. um, In thinking through this sermon, I was reflecting on uh, SICM, which is our uh, leadership training that we do every summer. And one of the things we talk about is friendship in there. And in Greek, one of the four loves is uh, phileo, which is friendship. Um, And each of those four loves is a creational gift from God to enrich human existence. And I think that's something to, to remember as we talk about friendship. Um, it's not just like this thing that we're trying to add on to your life to like pile on these more stuff and like overbear you with burdens, but this is a life-giving thing. It's a gift from God to help us flourish as human beings. Um, and this can really add to our life, not just take away from it. Um, do you want me to do a handheld microphone? I feel like there's a lot of 
cool. Yes, so, okay. Uh, the vision for friendship in our church. I think all of this has been set in motion uh, like prior to this, and but I do think we can't just stay where we are. We have to uh, receive the invitation to, to keep growing in that. And so there's an opportunity here to basically level up in the next phase of friendship in our church. Um, and that's going to depend on you, the individual, where you're really at. So... What is the vision for friendship in our church? Is to make and mature disciples the way Jesus did. And Jesus called his disciples friends. And making disciples like Jesus reflects his glory rather than our own. And his glory is an invitation to those who want to walk in the light. So we reflect Jesus's glory by dying to self, by making and maturing disciples and calling them friends. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that might seem like a tall order. It really is, um, but it's a good, tall order. So. Yeah, yeah, and as we think about, yeah, denying ourselves, Matthew 16 says, then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life from me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world and yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? The Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person um, according to what they have done. And I just want to point out the obvious that this makes no sense, that dying to self would actually bring us more life. But we follow Jesus as he died on the cross and was resurrected, and we can experience that now in friendship and all parts of how we interact with creation. So our first point is basically unpacking this idea of consuming versus caretaking in friendship. And we have, next slide, please. And we had an analogy, so it's like caretaking. There's a garden, uh, consuming, it's a playground. And like, how many of you have ever walked past a playground and you just hear kids like screaming, like collectively? And you're like, I don't wanna look over there because I don't wanna have to call the cops. <laughs> and so, um, basically consuming, I think it's this, this attitude of, what can the church offer me? Um, how does the church work for me? And as kids, we show up at playgrounds and we do what we want. Um, and that makes sense for a time. But we also know the harsh brutality of playgrounds. Maybe some of you have memories that you'd rather not remember. Uh, you know, Grant spit on a girl when he was a kid out on the playground. Then his principal punished him by making him spit a hundred times into a bush. What? <laughs> <laughs> and did you ever spit on anyone ever again? He didn't. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but the caretaking attitude is, what can I offer the church? What can I offer the people around me? How am I a caretaker? How am I planting, gardening, watering? If you've ever seen the Hollingsworth Garden, it's, like, amazing and beautiful. Um, one time, Grant and I went to the Tidlachkas, and uh, really, I just got to hang out with Willow, which was so fun, but... Grant and Kevin were out there for like five hours. Like Kevin would just kind of ride by on this like lawnmower <laughs> to like transport dirt. And it was a lot of hard work, but I know that garden is gonna pay off. Um, like the hard work was worth it. Mm -hmm. And so I also wanna say like, so biblically, maybe something that's helpful is the foundation of those thoughts is Jesus talking about every good tree bearing good fruit. And every bad tree bears bad fruit. So evaluate your heart when you're reading this list and we're talking about it. 
uh, alongside God and do a, well, you know, a fruit check. <laughs> like this list is good fruit or bad fruit, or we can think about it. What are the results from good or not good ways of thinking and acting? Mm-hmm. So Darby, you want to talk about garden friendship? Yeah. So, uh, in garden friendship, this is like we said, this caretaking, um, in, Paul says the difference between like milk and solid food. And so this really is solid food. This is growing up in health. Um, So garden friendship acts in biblical community. Um, That means praying for people, facing the Lord rather than facing yourself and facing the community. So this is someone dependable, risk-taking, and sacrificial. So matters of the heart, not judgmental. Like we, we look for the heart and the good in other people. And rather than being death, like Shayla was saying before, this is something that brings life to other people. This is good news. Like friendship in the Lord is good news for people. And we have to remember that when we are good friends to people, we've got skin in the game. And that means we're gonna like risk being injured. And if we go into friendship with this idea of like self-protectiveness, we don't really let let people in. We have to be humble and gracious, um, not easily offended um, in this like garden friendship. We hold up a mirror to self. We look at the plank in our own eye, not just pointing out the uh, speck of dust in other people's eye. Um, Yeah, we accept where we've gone wrong and we move forward. Like we can't just go about like not owning up to our mistakes. We own up to them and we move forward. Yeah, we also, we love those who hate us, which is, a, again, a really tall order. That's something I really struggle with. Um, that's a command from Jesus. He says, if we only love people who love us back, then we're no different than the pagans. Yeah. The pagans were doing some crazy stuff, and I want to be different than them. So uh, keep that in mind. Uh, in terms of conflict, gently and directly addressing conflict out of love for the other person. Mm-hmm. Um, concerned with More concerned with giving and blessing than being concerned with receiving. Uh, being faithful and dying to self for others the way Jesus did for us. Um, and then we have this playground friendship side that's more about like the milk, you know, that Paul talks about. Um, accent and individualism. So praying mostly for self or when it's convenient of self-facing, the navel-gazing stuff, orienting your life around what do I want? How do I, you know, achieve my goals? Mm -hmm. It's very subtle. It's so subtle how individualism has impacted us in the West Um, just because it's the zeitgeist. That's the water we're swimming in. And individualism is really like, oh, shoot, like I am Lord of my life in so many ways where Jesus is not. So we need to just be careful and thoughtful uh, and honest about maybe where that's playing into our friendships. Uh, inconsistent, self-protective, convenient. Um, yeah, operating in friendships out of convenience. Uh, you know, she, Darby talked about being more concerned with matters of the heart. So matter of, more concerned with matters of appearances. How do things appear? Mm-hmm. Um, how does our church appear? Does our church appear good? Or rather, are we actually doing good? And maybe yeah. we're just not that impressive which is honestly what I'm here for. Yeah, are we going to impress like the Lord? Or are we going to impress, impress yeah, the culture around us? Yeah. Uh, so based on appearances, judgmental and not curious, not going directly to the source to really get to know that person and figuring out their dignity and humanity. Um, 
you know, just tend to like, you're not good news to people, but maybe you're just kind of like whatever news to people. Um, maybe bad news to people, I don't know. On the sidelines, it's really easy. I think the worst kind of critic is someone who, uh, who's on the sidelines and has no skin in the game, like Darby said. So you think about fans in teams where like their whole worldview is based around how their team is doing. And if they're doing bad, like they're doing bad. Or if the team is doing really good, they're doing good. Like they're putting all the stock in how the team is doing rather than actually risking injury and getting in the game themselves. Yeah, I think it's really easy, like watching like the Olympics or something and being like, oh man, that looks so easy. But like, no, people practice forever. And I feel like being a critic, yeah. Someone. Or when people think they're an expert in gymnastics. Oh yeah. And they're like, oh, she was off point. And I'm like, do you know how to do a headstand? <laughs> but yeah, we can do that in friendship too. We like, rather than putting ourselves out there, we can just like attack people for no good reason. For sure. And sometimes it's really out of our own hurt. Hurt people hurt people. So mm -hmm. that's something to keep in mind. Like, are you more committed to being hurt than being healed? God often heals us through friendship and community. Uh, Self-righteous like thinking that my vision of what is righteous is the right one, which can very easily lead to being easily offended, uh, defensive, holding up mirrors to others to show them the speck of dust in their eye. Considering your preferences first, loving only those who love you back, avoiding conflict out of fear of people, addressing conflict out of self-righteousness, concerned with what you get out of the friendship and more fixated on receiving and dies we die in our comfort comfort can be a slow death it's comfort isn't necessarily bad but if that's like how we choose to live our lives we get calcified and we cannot grow you really cannot grow like in comfort if that makes sense you rarely grow when you're comfortable yeah those axioms are going to follow you the rest of your life um and we can just be pretty faithless and hopeless with people um when we're not in a good season so we likely, all of us have some mix of these things and the spirit will still work in our weaknesses, but let's not justify our sin. Let's consider the things we should repent of together as an invitation from the spirit so we can move forward to the next phase of kingdom building in our church, which is really exciting. This is not a condemnation for not being perfect. It's more of just... An invitation. Uh, yeah. Do your friendships reflect a garden where life is blooming and overflowing? The weeds are being pulled out and it's hospitable for life. Or do your friendships reflect the brutal reality of the playgrounds? Um, yeah. Yeah. Is I mean, life, we all. Or is it death? <laughs> exactly. Um, next slide, please. So. Yes. Lessons from Shuby. Darby and I are Shuby. Darby's, yes. my nickname for Darby is Doobie. I did find out last week that that is uh, a word for marijuana. So thank you for everyone who's been calling me that. Darby was like, what a I cute nickname. <laughs> and I was like, you didn't know. Uh, <laughs> but our names together are Shuby. Um, it's our ship name. Exactly. So <laughs> us naturally, you know, it's hard to find TV characters that don't make you feel like a caricature of yourself. But this is us right here. April and Andy from Parks and Rec. Sorry, I put your name on there twice. Um, <laughs> Darby, 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 Darby. And then, you know, we've moved from this consuming phase of our friendship where you have Seinfeld and George Costanza fighting 
to caretaking where you have Tracy Morgan and, and uh, well, I'm just going to call him Kenneth the Page. I can't remember his name on 30 Rock. Um, anyway, we, we did not understand each other for quite a while. And we had conflict and frustration, but the Lord has been good to us. So, yeah, it hasn't been easy. In some ways, we're a lot alike. and In some other ways, we're very different. Um, I think in one way, we're different. Darby's like... Shayla, let's face the abyss together. And I'm like, I want to go to a theme park. Like, that sounds <laughs> I'm more like, fun. Let's talk about death. And I'm like, I mean, you can kind of tell from our color <laughs> schemes, too. <laughs> like, black on gray on black. And I'm like, bright Thanksgiving colors. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I yeah. did try and wear a yellow sweater. So, you know, I was trying. She was trying. <laughs> we love it. Um, but yeah, we're, we're just going to share a little bit of how we've missed the mark. I think it's helpful for y'all to see like friendship that has conflict that has moved forward to a healthy place. Like we said before, like in healthy friendship, we admit our faults and we move forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Darby and I, we became friends because we're on mission together. Her and Drew moved down here to be a part of the Denton Focus staff. And naturally we're kind of like intrigued by each other, but if we get too close, we're like, Nyah! like we like attack, you know? So it's like opposite. Yeah, little <laughs> gremlins, <laughs> exactly. That's for my mind. I love that. Um, or Furbies. <laughs> Opposites attract and then attack. Yep. Um, so again, these screenshots can only go so far. They're caricatures of us, but I, we also, we have things that the other person needs because mm-hmm. we're part of the body of Christ. So we bring different gifts to the altar. Here's where I've missed the mark in Darby and I's friendship. I have been uh, defensive and angry and reactive and projecting my own past hurt onto her because uh, I really didn't understand Darby and seeing her as my enemy at times. Um, and the truth is that she's really not like the people who have hurt me in the past, but I was letting, you know, those like emotional triggers distort the reality of who she is. Yeah. Yeah. And I think coming to Denton, uh, I felt like I had to like fight my way on Denton staff and like prove that I was worthy to be a pastor. And so one of my like big sins in my own life is comparison. So I either tend to put people like on a pedestal. I'm like, wow, they're so great. I could never be there. Or like looking down on people uh, and looking like at all of their faults. And I think that's a big thing that I did uh, coming here to Denton. I think Shayla and I uh, fill some of the same roles on our staff. We're both really relational. Super weird. (laughs) Absolutely. We get excited about people. I'm like, there can't be two of us, so I must be better. And so, yeah, I would just let that get into our friendship. Very much too much anime. (laughs) There can only be one. Yeah, there can only be one. <laughs> but yeah, it was very much like, you know, when you go to the beach and there's sand and it just gets in there and it rubs until it's like raw. I feel like that's what this uh, comparison was doing in our friendship. And it led me to look to Shayla's faults rather than lift her up and see her the way the Lord does. And I think both of those things are a result of having a consumer mindset mm-hmm. with friendship. Because again, you're more concerned about yourself and how other people are perceiving you. Mm-hmm. And it's just like gross. Um, but here's how caretaking has changed the way that we see each other. Um, yeah, Darby. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, now I, I get to see Shayla as a coworker and friend. I'm not going to cry. 
break. I was like, it's about friendship. I'm not going to cry. Here we are. Um, but yeah, Shayla is a person that I get to defend, that I get to be on mission with. I get to share Jesus with. Um, and yeah, where, where I struggle with some people, she gets to go in and love them and speak truth into them in ways that I can't. Um, Paul does a lot of defending in his ministry of like why he's worthy to preach the gospel. But I think that's the really neat thing about being in community is we get to defend that other person. We don't have to worry about like doing it all on our own. We get to lift each other up um, and serve them in community. Um, I see Darby as a friend and a sister, also a coworker. Darby also has a unique ability to minister to people that I think are much harder for me to minister to. She's very gifted at finding those people who would honestly probably not become disciples of Jesus if she wasn't in their lives. Like, I know there's opportunities and God's looking out for them, but I've just seen Darby's unique ability to minister to unique people in unique situations. Um, yeah, I see Darby as someone who is worthy of my love and affection and attention. And it's really hard for me naturally to give affection and attention. So the fact that I'm at that place is like totally from the Lord. Um, he has reshaped Darby into a fellow image bearer of Christ to me. And again, a sister in Christ. I also see her as someone to defend. Um, if I ever hear someone not giving Darby the benefit of the doubt, I'm like, but did you give her the benefit of the doubt? <laughs> and they're like, what does that mean? And I'm like, okay, <laughs> let's talk. Um, I see Darby, she's incredibly creative and hospitable. Um, and again, loving people who really don't open up easily, especially one-on-one. -on -one. And so I think that's a really unique gift that she has. And we, this is an example of how much we need other people. Jesus gives us guidelines in community with one another passages. And these one another passages are also invitations or, I mean, well, okay. Some of these one another passages, they might all just be from Paul actually, but again, inspired from Jesus, the way he lived his life. And he really cares about what is best for us and us to seek what is best for others. Mm -hmm. So here are some of those passages. Yeah. So greet one another. Uh, yes, we have to invite people in. Um, I think this is a big opportunity for growth in our church. I think we know our like small group of people, but uh, the Lord wants us to like be an integrated church. I was talking to Shayla about this yesterday. It's the difference between soup and cake. And just follow me here. Soup, you just throw a bunch of things together and they're all like swimming in the same water, but they're not like a cohesive thing. And a cake, you put all the ingredients together, you bake it, and it becomes this one thing. And that's the vision I have for our church to be this oh, cohesive we would be a cake. thing. Yes. Don't you want to be a cake? Not soup. Not soup. I do love me some soup, but... Um, yes. Anyways, I got myself distracted. Uh, yeah, we want to be an integrated church. We don't want to just have our college students, our like young adults, and then our elders. And like, you know, everyone sits in their own little section. It's not, not integrated. Um, I think of this image of the body as well. Um, and in Romans, it says for the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought but rather think of yourselves with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body and each member belongs to all the others. So yeah, we need to be a body like 
if my arm is hurting, it's going to affect the way that I go about life. If there's like disease in one part of my body, that's will eventually spread to the rest of the body. So we have to keep, uh, treat those parts of the body with care. Um, are you going to talk about the disease you had? That I sounds mean, crazy. eventually. Oh, okay. Darby had cancer. We'll talk about it I had cancer. I um, like to throw that one out. Um, <laughs> you know, I will talk about it she's later. Got a pretty metal and how scar. the Lord has like ministered to me Absolutely. through community in that way. So, um, yes, if you have cancer, if you don't take it out, it's going to spread to all of your body. I think that's where you're going with yes, that. Yes, yes. I so. couldn't remember if you were going to talk about that. Um, yeah, so the next thing is from James 5.16, confess your faults to one another. Um, some of us, I know we like confess it before God, but I really think there's something about confessing it to fellow brothers and sisters and experiencing like full acceptance. Like I don't think we really accept or experience full acceptance and love until we hear our friends say like, Hey man, I forgive you. Like, let's move on. Like, I love you. Like, I'm really not mad about that. And you're like, what? This is my deepest <laughs> shame. Um, so in James five sixteen, he says, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective and confession, like living in the light together, we're really sharpened and refined. And again, experience acceptance and grace and kindness and compassion that should lead us hopefully to repentance. Um, it's Jesus's kindness that does lead to repentance, but we've got to experience that and live in the light with each other. Yeah. So yeah. And it's an opportunity to also point people back to Jesus and not a place to go to be justified or defended, but just to be humble and honest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is something Darby and I, uh, and Reagan, she's not in here. She's in jam, but we've started doing this more where we're confessing and assessing where our friendship is and moving forward and praying for healing uh, of all kinds of like spiritual weaknesses, honestly. So confess your faults to one another. I'm not saying the whole church needs to know all your business, but maybe there's a handful of people who you could really walk in the light with. And maybe church would be a place that you would really enjoy and it would be the highlight of your week and something that really could change your life and not just be a Sunday activity, but a life lived together all the time. Yeah. And that goes into our next verse. So forgive one another. So Colossians 13 says, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Um, so yeah, along with confession, like we don't want you to like sit in your sin and just uh, live there. Like that doesn't look like Jesus. Jesus says the measure that you uh, extend mercy and forgive will be the measure that you will be measured against. And so we, yeah, we extend grace to one another in those sins. We, we get to be Jesus to one another, to forgive and to move forward. Um, so yeah, Jesus sees us at our worst and loves us and forgives us. And our friends get to do that too. They get to see us at our worst and to love us and forgive us. And this is uh, true acceptance, acceptance to be seen at your worst and still accepted and love. And also we need to accept people and see that as we see them at their worst and continue to love them. Yeah. And so, we, yeah, we have to accept that we need forgiveness too. Around the cross, the ground is level. So we're all on the same page before Jesus. 
Yeah, just as we talk about this one, don't like put yourself in the position of power of like, I am so good at forgiving. Like, except that we also need to be forgiven. Mm -hmm. And there are going to be times that you're going to hurt people and people will bring that to you. So think about how you'll respond and where your heart's really at with that sentiment. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, the next one, bear one another's burdens, Galatians 6.2. Uh, Paul says, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. So yeah, this is where I will talk about my cancer. So thanks for that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, over a year ago, I got diagnosed with cancer. I had treatment. I got it removed. I did chemo and radiation for six and a half weeks. Um, and because of that, I wasn't able to have a core. So I got to be a part of a small group here at DNC. And that was just such a life-giving thing for me. I think it was really hard to be my friend in that season, but every week um, when I showed up, when I had the energy to, um, yeah, people like Miriam and Melissa just spoke truth into my life, reminded me what, a, what was true about that, um, and really did a good job loving me, saying like, yeah, this does suck, but like Jesus is so good in that. Um, yeah, we get to mourn with those who mourn and rejoice with those who rejoice. Um, and that's a big like function of community. We don't have to go about things on our own. Like, yeah, cancer, I'm the one who's dealing with it, but that doesn't mean we can't come alongside people and lift them up as they're stumbling. And I think mourning with those who mourn, rejoicing with those uh, who are rejoicing, we can hold those in tension at any given time. Uh, they don't, we don't have to lean totally to one side or the other. Um, there's always something to rejoice about. There's, there are things to mourn about and there is a time for a limit, like just like pure lamenting, but I just want to offer that as well. You can hold those things in tension. Um, cause I think it's, it's tempting for either one of those to kind of dictate what you might think is reality. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think our model for that yeah. is Jesus. And that's one of the neat things about uh, church is we get to be in different places and seasons and all coming together and experience this fullness of life that Jesus has given us. And when we're, yes, erring on the side of mourning too much, we get people to remind us of the goodness of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And when we're rejoicing, we can come alongside those who are mourning too and yeah. say, yeah, you don't always have to be happy to be here in church. You don't have to... Uh, always put on a face for sure. And I do think sometimes we can take this and we're like, Oh man, I'm just, I'm so overwhelmed by all the stuff going on in my friends' lives. And I just want to remind us of Jesus saying my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So yeah. we need to hand those off to Jesus as well. Mm -hmm. um, so as people are giving us their stuff and we're carrying it with them, we also need to offload it to Jesus. Yeah. He doesn't promise that the burden goes away, but he does promise that it's much lighter as he's carrying it with you. Mm -hmm. um, so that's good. Yeah. And then our next one is clothe yourself with humility. This comes from first Peter five, five, all of you clothe yourself with humility towards one another because God opposes the proud and shows favor to the humble. We also see in Philippians two, one through five, if you haven't memorized Philippians two, I would recommend that. Um, but it says, therefore, if any of you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit of one mind, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility, 
value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Um, yeah, we see later in Philippians 2, like Jesus taking on that nature of a servant, and we have to do that in our friendships. We are not Jesus. And even if we were Jesus, like we still lay our lives down for other people. So, yeah, and I think from that Philippians passage, we see Paul seems to be suggesting that we can be proactively humble. Uh, we can actively put other people before ourselves, not advocating. We're not advocating for codependency or people pleasing, but advocating for paying attention to where God is asking you to sacrifice for others regularly. Yeah. We can be people who have a joy to serve instead of an obligatory attitude about serving. Um, the attitude of, okay, what's expected me since I'm a Christian, but rather what like, can I get away with? or what can I get away with? But mm -hmm. rather, what are my convictions? <laughs> Um, am I convicted that my presence in small group matters or do I only go because I'm supposed to and try to find ways to get out of it? Um, yeah. Do I show up to my small group gladly bringing a gift from the Lord to share with my brothers and sisters out of humility and valuing them the way Jesus values me? Uh, this is an example when I first was on staff and Garrett was supervising me. And he'd be like, why don't you just, if you have a question about something, like, why don't you just call me? like on Saturday or something. And I was like, oh, but that's like Saturday. Like, I don't want to call you in your free time. He was like, what? And I was projecting onto him. I'm like, I don't want to answer phone calls <laughs> on Saturday. So he must not want to answer them on Saturday. But that isn't true. It's not true for me anymore. And it's not true for Garrett. Like he's usually pretty available to talk if I need to talk. Um, and I remember that was a shift for me. And just seeing how he valued other people above his weekends. Um, yeah, and a thought, like something that Ryan Plache put in here is our one another passages are more than just the work that we are supposed to do within relationships. They are opportunities for us to embrace and observe what the Spirit is doing in us through our relationships. In our relationships, we are faced with countless decisions and opportunities about how to treat others and how to think about others. Our thinking and acting in each of these decisions will form us in some direction. Are we allowing God to form us into people who reflect him? Or are we allowing our culture slash selves to form us into people who think more about ourselves? So next slide, please. So here's more questions for reflection. Um, this is funny because there's like some pretty spicy questions up here, but it's pictures of all of you smiling next to those <laughs> questions. So just, just, you know, roll with the dichotomy. But uh, yeah, here's some questions for reflection. And again, to underpin these questions, don't feel overwhelmed by all the things you're not getting right. Just evaluate what are the next couple of right things that Jesus wants you to do in your next phase of friendship. Mm -hmm. um, do you see the person here that bothers you the most as worthy of your affection and attention in the name of Christ? Are you willing to be nailed to the cross for the sake of other people, even those who hate you? Because that's where we're all headed. Are you enacting heaven, life-giving friendship, or hell, life-sucking in our community friendship? Are you weeping with one another and rejoicing with one another? Do you see the people here as your family, brothers and sisters in Christ? And I just want to say, no one here is on trial. <laughs> if you feel like you're on trial, I, I want to remind you that Satan is the accuser. And he takes valuable opportunities for 
changes and, and repentance like this to make us the accuser or he accuses us and we feel shame and we isolate ourselves from others. Mm. So this is an invitation to face God and move towards people the way Jesus did. So if anyone's experiencing shame, I rebuke you back to hell in the name of Jesus. And if anyone is feeling like defensive or uh, some sort of like unrighteous anger, please bring that before the Lord because that also can isolate you from community in a healthy way. Um, this isn't, you don't need to feel defensive. You don't need to feel shame. Just what are the next couple of right moves for you and the body as you're moving forward? Um, in our prayer is that our church would be as it is in heaven. Um, this maybe will lend itself to a bigger question about eschatology. What do you think about the end times? But we can experience heaven now before Jesus comes back fully. Like we'll experience heaven fully as a full reality someday, but we can experience that reality now. Um, and so we're praying that our church reflects that now as the Lord is building his kingdom here in Denton. Um, and that Denton would be as it is in heaven. I know, hard to believe, but we, I, <laughs> thank you, Quincy. Um, yes, and this is an opportunity for us to store up treasures in heaven through friendships now. Yeah, um, and before we go wide and become like a church with a bunch of community initiatives and programs, what if we first need to go deep in friendship? So becoming connected, affectionate, strong in relationships, and faithful like Jesus did with his disciples. Like, I think it can be really easy to be like, oh yeah, the church needs to do that. But like, you get to do that in you your You are the church. <laughs> yeah, yeah, each and every one of you, like as we grow in friendship and continue to look more like Jesus like that, our church as a whole will, will do that as well. Um, and yeah, are you open to the Lord's kingdom where Jesus is Lord, where friendship is the most precious of relationships? Or are you a do-it-yourself kingdom where you are Lord, a kingdom without a king? And yeah, just a reminder again, we're not sitting up here like on our high horse saying like, y'all all have to do these things. Like this is also a message for us. Um, yeah, so... I'm going to pray real quick and then we'll do the uh, Q&R. Um, Lord, I pray that we would experience transformation and healing and that you would really bless our efforts in obedience, Lord. I pray for um, unity against the prince of the, this world um, and in name of King Jesus, Lord. Um, yeah, and I just pray for renewal in our community and enthusiasm for the next phase of what heaven could look like here. And that, that would be an invitation to the community around us. In our name we pray. Amen. Um, Ryan Plache, you can also come up here if you'd like to be part of this Q&R. Okay. also don't. He said no. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Does anyone have any questions? We also cannot make any promises oh, yeah. about how good we are at responding. So I might just yeah. say, I do not know. We're going to take like three or four questions? Yes. Oh, Justin, our habitual question asker. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Never mind. No, 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 it's a good thing. It's a good thing. All right. Uh, so you, y'all kind of made this point of like, uh, I don't know when it was, honestly, but it was somewhere in there of just not being like, uh, like not conforming to the culture. I, I don't know if that sounds familiar, if that was anywhere in there. Yeah. What, what was the question? Uh, so, well, what's your question? Maybe that'll help. Yeah. Us so there's this like, so 
I feel like reading the Bible and listening to Jesus, we need to be friends with people who aren't in the church, uh, but not be like the culture around us and not conform to that. So how do we be friends with people outside of the church, but still kind of have roots more or less? Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that's a good question. So one thing is that not everything of culture is bad, but it is really hard sometimes to suss out like what is good or wise for me to participate in. Um, so some of it's evaluating your own health. So if let's say you're new to following Jesus, but maybe, you know, like you were drinking a lot before going to parties, like not the good kind of parties and your friends from outside the church are inviting you to a party. You might have to evaluate like, okay, is this a wise decision or is this still too powerful for me to like engage in? Does that make sense? So that's an example. Um, I don't think there's black and there's like a few black and white answers, but I don't think that's necessarily helpful. I think your most solid friendships must be in the church um, because you guys are heading in the same direction together and developing deep roots. I mean, gosh, there's so many things, but like being faithful, developing intimacy with Jesus, um, especially in a dry season when the roots have to find water. Right. So yeah, and then trusting the Lord and then being willing to make some mistakes. So that's true. We do need to have friends outside the church, but I think like we need to be like really good friends with people inside the church. Like those need to be our best buds. Does that answer your question? Okay, cool. Yeah. Now there's some very powerful invitations from the culture as well. So looked like Catherine had a question. Yes, Catherine. Let's wait for the microphone. <laughs> my life flashed before my eyes. This on? Okay. Um, I don't know exactly how to say this, but I think how do we, okay. Okay. How do you make, there's a lot of people in our church. And so like, mm -hmm. how do you have, uh, make yourself available to new people while maintaining deep friendship? Maybe when there's like a limited capacity for each person. So like how, like for just like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I think, I think, some, again, I think sometimes you feel pressure. Like, I have to be best friends with everybody in the church. And that's not true. Do you have, do you want to answer this one? Yeah, yeah I have thoughts. Um, yes. So, yeah, I think that is something as we, like, do ministry. Like, there's always more people to befriend. Um, and that's where I think it's really neat to invite, like, new people into your already existing friendships. Um, and so you can invite, yeah, this person you met to be friends with the person in your small group or someone that you like have known for a while. You don't have to just only have like one-on-one -on -one deep conversations with someone at a coffee shop. Like you can invite people into that. Um, and I think that's a way that is really like loving and life-giving to those people is rather than you being their only point of contact, really helping them become an integrated part of community. And I do think there is trial and error with that too. Yeah, and if you remember from Sikkim, there's seasons of friendship, too. So seasons shift it's a lot more quickly as a college student. You're in college. So honestly, I would just pray and ask the Lord, like, what are the next couple of right things you want me to do? Like, are there people? Are there situations? Are there ways of living? Those things. So. Kaylee? Over here, Laura. Oh, please. 
And then maybe an adult wants to ask a question. Kaylee's an adult, I am not but a postgraduate adult. I'm not an adult. I guess Justin. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I still remember you. <laughs> you and Justin got to talk about this. No, I repent. I'm sorry. <laughs> so. <laughs> it's okay. Great. I'll still apologize. So my question is like in the setting of like a friendship that like you're both following Christ and you kind of want it to like go deeper in friendship, but maybe one friend has like a mentality of like living in the garden, but another friend has the mentality of consuming um, kind of like how to walk that line of um, like maybe confronting them of like, Hey, like you're living kind of in this consumer mindset and our friendships kind of being hurt by that or to when to just kind of pray about it and like, let the Lord do that. And yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I don't think I, and I don't think you're saying this. I don't think the two options are pray about it and talk to them about it. I think you can do both of those things. Um, something is a Brandon who does like make an op- observation, ask a question. So like, yeah, I've observed like, yeah, you do these things. Like, tell me about that. Um, I think that's a way that you can open the door and really rather than going in like guns blazing, you can like be gracious to them and figure out where they're at and how they're like thinking about things. Cause uh, a lot of this stuff is not intuitive in friendship and we have to like grow in that and ask the Lord for help in that. Yeah. And when we do bring this stuff up to people, it sometimes feels like, Oh, you, you've got to be at this place of maturity. Like, cause this is good for you. And that's not necessarily wrong, but I do think it can be exasperating for people if we just list all the things that we think are wrong with them. Yeah. And so maybe we can bring up one or two things again, helping them to get to the next couple of right things as well. But prayer is important for sure. Good question. Maybe one more question and then Josh will come up. No. Okay. Oh, Emily. Sleeper cell. (laughs) No. (laughs) I was just going to say, I appreciate y'all's vulnerability just in talking about your own friendship. And then also um, as a non-confrontational person myself, just kind of maybe giving us an idea of what that looks like, uh, what that looked like for you guys to kind of talk that out. Like when you got together, how did that come up? Um, What do you guys do? You talked about like how you um, repent to each other and like, how does, how do you even bring that about? I think we're at the place now where we're, we just ask each other, like, mm-hmm. so as we were writing the sermon, Darby left comments and <laughs> then I was like answering them. And then she texts me and she goes, I feel like you might be mad at me for, <laughs> for making these comments. And I go, Oh no, I'm really not mad. I was just answering them. And I don't know the answer to some of those comments. Mm-hmm. And so we were able to like move past it pretty quickly because I think we're at a more secure place. But before that, um, we both were like, we both needed to talk to Mandy. Mandy mm-hmm. Lanciani knows both of us pretty well and I think can help us understand each other better. Yeah. So that was a really valuable conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we good. like sat down with her and had a conversation. I think too, like, yeah, asking people who already know you well, like, okay, what ways do am I like sinful in my friendships and then like getting to see that other person being like, Oh, I do that in other friendships as well. But yeah, I think once you get to a place where you can like bring up these things rather than sitting in them, me being like, Oh, she's mad at me. And that just like affects the way that I think about her. Yeah. I can say like, yeah, are you thinking like this? And then she can be like, no, like, 
And, and then, I do the same. Yeah, moving I'm like, forward I'm sensing truth. this. Is that true? And she's like, no. And most I'm of like, the time, I'm just hungry. Yeah, most know? of the time, she's just hungry. <laughs> <laughs> we both get cranky when hungry. But you don't always have to get another person involved. Yeah. But I do think, like, like humble honesty, like, hey, I've seen this, kind of concerns me. What do you think about that? Instead of making, like, a judgment. Um, but really, again, being curious, not judgmental. And so we're also going to make mistakes. I don't, is that helpful? Okay, cool. Great. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Josh is going to come up and give announcements, and then we'll end from there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you all so much. That was great. Here's my little son. So, yeah. Um, so the, we got a couple things, ways that you can be involved, things you need to know about as the weeks are going forward. So one thing we talked about last week a little bit is that the pastoral cohort interest meeting is happening on December 5th after church, probably at Armadillo, so it's nearby. So if you don't know what the pastoral cohort is, it's if you're interested in maybe kind of learning about what church adult ministry looks like, some version of leadership in that, um, that's what the cohort exists for. It helps you kind of learn some of that stuff. There's some reading, there's some assignments, there's some practical things like take up some version of responsibility or church. And so it's a really cool semester by semester commitment. And um, it's basically kind of a class mixed with practical assignments for you to do. So if you're interested in hearing about more information and hearing about the experience of the people who are currently in our cohort now, uh, you can go to that meeting. You don't, there's no commitment. So you just need to go hear more information about it. And you're not being, you're not committing to anything yet. I'd highly encourage you to do that if you want to know even a little bit more about it. It's a really cool deal. It's been only in our community of churches for about the past three years. And so it's something that uh, we really want to do to train more leaders up and to have more people who are equipped and trained and know how to, to contribute to church ministry, whether they just want to help occasionally or they want to be, you know, the next Leslie, which we all want to be. So just all over the map there. So... Um, and then also the cohort is doing a mission and values survey for our church. And so that's at dittonnorthchurch.com slash mission survey slash mission survey. So the way that the reason they're doing this is just to find out the sort of health of our church right now. And it's one of their assignments. They're, they're going to kind of look at the results and try to gather some, some data points and things and then share that with us about where they think we're at, ways we can kind of improve and so it, uh, I think Sammy said on Facebook, that it's got to take you like 15, 20 minutes. It will not. It's very fast. It's like a 10 minute survey. So he was trying to give you some good expectations, I think, but we rather would lower the bar because only about 10 of you guys have done it. So let's say it takes you one minute. If that tricks you into doing it, it's one minute. It's so easy. DentonNorthChurch.com slash mission survey. Please fill that out. And then they'll be sharing those results with us uh, here in a few weeks. So, um, Quick question. Where are the ladies at? Okay. 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 Cool. Cool. Ladies, there's going to be a ladies ornament exchange. Yeah. This is this event that's happened pretty much every year for as long as I can remember. It's on December 4th at Leslie's house at 11 a.m. Bring a friend, bring a snack, and bring a little Christmas ornament or decoration or a cute little Christmas gift kind of thing under $10. Wrap it up. And there'll be an exchange and it's always really fun. So all the ladies that go are always bragging about it. And all those dudes are obviously very jealous. So please go and please brag about it. Um, and talk to Leslie if you have any questions. She's right back there. The next thing is we've been talking the past few weeks about 
the things that Andrea is doing at McMath Middle School, trying to gather things like hoodies and gently use clothing and, and stuff like that to be able to provide for kids who might need that during the winter months, especially when you know school's out and they're just at home. And so uh, they have a really cool way of trying to provide that for their students that are in need like that. And so uh, she's not here this week, but if you missed a chance to give anything, you can go to their Amazon wish list and then just buy something quick. There's even things like toothpaste and toothbrushes. You can just go on the Amazon wish list and order it and it sends it to the school. So that's at dentnorthchurch.com slash McMath. And if you missed the chance to do that, it's a super easy way to, to add something in there and help some of the students in our community that won't have some of those basic needs, especially during the holidays. So I'd encourage you to do that. Um, we still need a person to help do our sermon audio, take the audio we have from the sermons and then turn it into our podcast. And um, so if you talk to... This week, Hannah McGinty's not here. So if you want to talk to me, if you're interested, that'd be great. But that's a super important thing. It's a little small way, the way that Melissa uh, explained it last week. It's a great way to help with the church that isn't something on like Sunday mornings and isn't something in front of people. It's a behind the scenes thing, but it's super important. And we really need somebody to learn how to do that. You do not have to already know. We already have some training stuff. Yes, Catherine. Do you want to do it? Okay. Yeah, that's what a good question. I don't know. So Grayson used to do that and he makes it look easy. And so I don't want to give you a, <laughs> I don't want to give you a time frame and be like, well, Grayson, it only took him five minutes because there's only one Grayson. You know what I'm saying? Amen. So I would say it might take you like an hour to start or something like that. Um, because that might be a lot about how long it takes to kind of just start to getting used to it. But I could see it taking less time over time. So I don't know. Per week. Yeah, once a week. Yeah, it's no thing. Exactly. Clarissa said it. it's no thing, but it's also super helpful and important. So anyway, um, please talk to me if you have more questions about that. And if you'd be willing to be interested in thinking about considering maybe possibly doing it. Lower the bar. Actually, let me say this. It only takes one minute to do it each week. <laughs> you know? One minute. It's so easy. Um, Last couple of things, the shirts, if you have not gotten your Denton North Church first ever shirt, I've got them in the box that Brad's peeking in over there. And um, you can come over and talk to me. Oh, never mind. He's just, nah, he's doing, he's inconspicuous. He's not up to anything. Um, and come get your shirt from me. And there's also a few extras if you have not bought one and you want to. So you can come talk to me afterward and uh, we can figure that out. Now I'm just going to talk about our, our giving is the um, way we don't still pass a basket around. But if you'd like to contribute to either just the cost of covering the making church happen and also community needs that come up, uh, you can do that at DentonNorthChurch.com slash giving. That's a way for you to contribute to all of the above kind of things. And often there's things that we can't predict or whatever that come up and we want to help you guys and also needs that we hear about in the greater Denton community. And so DentonNorthChurch.com slash donate or slash give. I think all of those work. Slash donate is one I usually say. And um, you can set up a recurring gift or give a one-time gift. I'm going to close this out with a prayer and then we can get the chairs put up and get going. Lord, thank you so much for this chance just to hear from Darby and from Shayla about the work that you've done in their friendship and the way that you've allowed them to be Jesus to each other, um, even when it wasn't easy. And Lord, I just pray that you'd help us to, to look at those realistic expectations and, and examples of friendship and apply those to our actual friendships too, Lord. It's not perfect. It's messy. It's not, you know, a, a graph that just goes up and is progress all the time. It goes up and down and left and right. Lord, I just pray you'd help us to have patience and love for each other and help us just to be there for each other and make room for more friends. 
Lord, you're so good to us. Thanks for being a friend to us first, for coming down and being with us in person uh, as a human and for just setting that example of a friendship before any of us were even here and alive. Lord, you're so good to us. Thank you for the chance to just come together and worship and praise you and humble ourselves before you. In your name I pray, amen. Thanks for joining us for our sermon podcast. We would love for you to join us on Sunday morning or in one of our small groups during the week. And you can get more information about that at DentonNorthChurch.com.